Hey, it's your host, Abigail Pumphrey, and I'm on a personal mission to help more small business owners become financially free. I like to nerd out on all things business, marketing, and most definitely the numbers. I'm talking all the lessons learned as I turned a layoff into a seven-figure online business. I like to share it all and no conversation is off the table. We talk actionable strategies, biz challenges, and all the things life throws your way. Grief, anxiety, loss, and resilience are all topics you'll find here. So grab a cup of coffee and settle in because you're listening to the Strategy Hour podcast brought to you by Boss Project. Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got Crash Plan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. Crash Plan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. Today on the show, we have Lauren Goldstein of Golden Key Partnerships. She has been an entrepreneur for over six years and helps businesses with consulting, training, and web design. Inside this episode, you're going to hear from Lauren about two crazy client stories where she ended up having to fire them, and one ended in a little bit of legal stuff that we want to help you avoid. We're talking about questions you should ask your clients in the vetting process, how to weed out the bad ones and really only work with the dreamiest of unicorns, as she calls them. We're also talking about what to do if you have to fire a client after you've started working with them. And there's quite a few tangents in there because this was just a good old conversation. So have a listen. Hello, everybody. So we're here with Lauren Goldstein. Hello. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thanks for having me. We're super excited to chat today a little bit about some maybe some awkwardness or some like conversations that we've all had to have but wanted to avoid. And we're talking about the big old, oh, crap, you're fired. And it's not the you're fired, but when you are having to fire people that you're working with, clients that you are working for, that are helping pay the bills that you've taken on, and what all that looks like when you have to go down that route, but more importantly, how not to repeat those same mistakes. So you have a better roster of amazing people that you're working with and working for, so you don't have to have these icky conversations, right? Totally, totally. So I feel like there's something that kind of led to you knowing a thing or two about how to fire bad clients. So share with me a little bit about that journey. Yes. So I'm actually blessed because this has only happened in six years twice. That's awesome. (laughs) It is awesome, but it really sucked. I'm not going to lie. It really sucked when it did happen. And they both happened this past year in 2017. I went through a big restructure of my business. And with that always comes some, I don't know, getting your sea legs or trying to figure out exactly, you know, who matches the new direction you're going in. So for me, the two really, now I can laugh about it, but it really (laughs) sucked in the time. But the two I can think of, one was just, I think that she wanted to say that she was farther along in her business than she was. And for me, as a consultant, I'm a strategy and marketing consultant. I really work with businesses who've had success but want to take their business to the next level. I do work with quote unquote startups, which is such a buzzword now, but most of the time I need you to actually know how your business operates, have metrics that we can measure to show you success, to get you to the next level. And this particular person, you know, I think just did not quite grasp how the entrepreneurial landscape looked and didn't have the tools in her tool belt to really, you know, leverage and use the tools that I was giving her. And so it just became like pulling teeth and it just was really tough. And I was determined to kind of stick it out 
Um, but then at the end, this was really hilarious. She was like, well, what about, you know, continuing to work together? Don't you try and, you know, keep new clients on board? And, and I simply said to her, you know, generally that is the case, but I think, you know, given our time together that it would be mutually beneficial for us to part ways. So that was, that was a pretty tame thing, but I think as women, sometimes we take that personally and there was definitely some passive aggressiveness towards the end that was just like, not cool. I'm a pretty straight shooter. Like, I'm going to tell you how it is. People don't necessarily like when you do that. That's kind of, you know, one of the reasons I don't get hired is because I'm not going to bullshit you. Like, you need to do what I tell you to do. And if you don't, like, I'm sorry, you're not going to get the results that we talked about because you're not playing your part. So that was one. And that like pretty shook me up a little bit because that just sucks when you feel like there's just no winning here and you just got to part ways. And then more recently, like maybe about three months ago, I had someone who I thought, you know, it'd be pretty straightforward as a website build. But then I kept asking her for stuff that a business that had been around for, I think she'd said it was like 16 years. Like she didn't have a speaker packet or a speaker headshot. She didn't have like stuff to explain her services and like her mission statement and like normal stuff that I think a business would have, she didn't have. And she's like, I feel like I'm doing the heavy lifting. And my favorite quote was she said, I don't understand why you can't do this. Businesses are 80% the same and 20% different. Like you should just be able to know this stuff. And I was like, are you kidding me right now? I have no idea what your business actually does after somebody says, I want to work with you. Like, this is just insane. And so I think there was like just a little bit of maybe insanity. I don't even know what happened, but I was like, okay, so this is clearly not working. And that was actually where I had to have like attorneys draft papers and like we didn't, like I ate the other half of the contract price. So that one really hurt and like... It was just like she said such hurtful things where I was like, listen, I could go and totally make up random shit about your business. But who's that serving? That's not serving me. That's not serving you. Like this is a partnership and you're not being a partner. And so I think that's the lesson that I've learned is you're looking for partners. Like it has to be a good fit for you and for them. And if anything, because you're doing the hard work, sometimes it has to be a bigger fit for you. I'm having crazy major flashbacks. Me too. (laughs) For those of you who don't know, Emily and I both owned our own client-based businesses before joining forces and all that jazz. And I just, the one client, I mean, I've had several bad clients, but the one that was absolutely the worst almost ended in a lawsuit and like bad blood. And now I see her name on the internet and I like literally frown and get sweaty and hot and frustrated. (laughs) and we can avoid these things which is which is so great and which is why we're doing this episode so talk to me a little bit about the questions we can ask before someone becomes a client to help us avoid this nasty fallout and or just not communicating well yes so first of all all of my new clients have to go through a consultation. And it's generally about an hour and I ask them kind of some tough questions. I tell them a little bit about me, but it's actually really funny because I run a business where as a consultant, I can do a lot of it for you, but at the end of the day, I can't run your business for you. So there's a lot of responsibility that falls on them. So I start from the very beginning where they have to book their own slot. So I say, great, let's set up a time. Here's my calendar link. And if they don't do that, that's kind of a sign to me that they're really not in the mental space to probably be taking as much advantage of me and our time together. So that's number one. I kind of set the expectation of like, you know, here's how we're going to run this project. And then actually, this is really funny. This is great timing. So I had a client call with this guy in Ireland today, this morning. It was our rescheduled call. And he had missed our first call and didn't bother to say, oh, sorry, I'm at the airport. I'm not going to make it. But like things happen. Like sometimes you just forget. So I was like, whatever, we'll reschedule. So we rescheduled for this morning. I sent an email last night because he's obviously several hours later. 
said, looking forward to talking to you. He responded. He accepted all that good stuff. And then I wait 10 minutes. So 10 minutes is how long I wait before I'm like, nope, we're done. We're rescheduling. I'm not just going to sit here and do nothing. He missed it again. And so that to me is like, okay, let's see if we're really ever going to be on the same page. And so for me, it's not always about questions. It's about behavior. So I just, I watch for red flags and I follow my gut a lot more. And I think as women, it's really hard to do that because we're taught that our gut isn't always right. Like we're too emotional. Emo- like our I mean, gut's so emotional. You're so emotional. And it's like, oh, go away. Anyway, so <laughs> like I was just like, what is going on? And it used to be that I would I would try to prove myself and I would just bend over backwards for these people that didn't respect my time and weren't in the place that I needed. And when I stopped doing that, I stopped getting crappy clients. I mean, I've never had Like I've had two really bad clients, but as far as like raising the bar until about six months ago, they were like mediocre. And you know what they say, like A's higher A's, B's higher C's, C's higher D's, et cetera. I think the same is true. A clients refer A clients, B refers C. And so I was like, well, you know what? If I want to raise the caliber of my business, I need to raise the caliber of my clients. And so I really just stopped being okay with bullshit. Like, I just, I was like, I'm done. Like, I had somebody who was, quote unquote, ready to go and then was nitpicking my contract and wanted different payment terms. And I really, I was like, okay, I'm just going to sit with this. And then I realized, looking back, all of my other clients have not raised issues with those payment terms. They've all been like, this is great. And so that was a red flag. And I wrote to him, I was like, you know what? I reflected on this. I'm not willing to change my terms for you. And you know what? This has actually raised some serious reservations with me where I don't think we're a good fit anymore. And wouldn't you know, he responded, you know what? I think you're right. And it's like, thank God that happened before. Otherwise, we would have been miserable. Like, and who knows how that actually would have turned out? It could maybe have been salvaged and been fine. But the thing is, when you have a client that's dragging you down, It drags everybody down because they suck your time, they suck your money, they suck your mental energy. And so now it's like, you know, when I am having that consultation, I'm very upfront. I'm like, this is why people hire me and this is why people don't. And if if you're cool with that, great, we'll move to the next level. And then we outline a contract that's very, very detailed about scope, about timeline. And of course, my contracts always get better because you you learn lessons and then you see like the line like it's like the cup that says contents is hot contracts have more lines because you learn something so I think it's more about like as a woman owning the fact that you have value that your business is great and if people want to rise to the occasion great but if you lower that bar then I think bad things happen Well, and I see that happening all the time in our Facebook group. People will come in and say, oh, I'm having this awful time with this client or, oh, I just got this email from this person and how do I handle it and how do I do this? And I think it's very, it's helpful to remind yourself that if you're bending yourself over backwards for a crap client, you're just going to continue to attract and get referred crap clients. And I'm not saying you have to like cut ties in the middle of a contract, like definitely figure out like the best option. But we had some people who were asking in the group, like they wanted to cut the process of their discovery call or their consultation call because it took time and it was hard to schedule things. And, you know, it's time out of your day. You're hopping on a phone with somebody. But I'm constantly reminding people those calls are more for you than the client. They're more for you to vet that person than the other way around. And I think if you're asking the right questions or if you're asking them to do the right behaviors, like scheduling their own call, you Mm -hmm. will really see very clearly like who's going to stand out. When we put up a we're hiring post inside of our Facebook group or an email or whatever, we always outline it with very specific. If you want to be a candidate, here are the steps you need to follow. Like don't comment on this post. Send an email with the subject line of X. And if you do not do that, you're automatically trashed. Like we're not even going to look at the email. We're not going to look at the comment because you didn't follow the simple directions. Yeah. And it start, it's a test from the very beginning. And I think we forget that as business owners that we can employ those tests like early and often to weed out the crap clients. 
For sure, for sure. And I think there's also, at least this was for me in the early days, there was the fear of if you said no to a client that you oh, would like, yeah. you're like going under, you have no money yep. to pay your bills. you say no to money? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And you're like, oh my God, this was a terrible idea. And like the reality is that for everything you say yes to, you have to say no to something else. Yeah. And so, you know, when I shifted my thought from, like, for example, with investing in my business from how much is this going to cost me to how much is this going to make me? And then with my clients, you know, how much is this going to benefit them, but also to how much is this going to benefit me? Like, is this a good match together? I mean, it's kind of like you're getting married. Like, you don't want to just like, you know, have a fling because then nobody wins. And now because of how picky I am and the fact that I really only take on six clients per quarter... I have more referrals. I have like I have more leads and I have more people on retainer than I've ever had before. And it's because I set that expectation and I have the time and the resources to really get clear, but I would rather spend an hour not getting paid and figure out somebody is a fit mm-hmm. or isn't a fit than to get paid, you know, my hourly rate and then realize that I've just totally stepped in it. So, I yeah. think a lot of people like I know you you just hounded in that they need to do this, but they need to hear it like two or three times because they're the <laughs> ones that are they're just starting out and like every penny counts and how can I say no to money because I gotta feed my kids and I gotta pay the bills and like they let this anxiety run their business rather than their head and they're like making decisions that are just willy-nilly because they're so worried about where their next scraps coming from. So how can you assure someone that they are going to continue to have like a lineup of people who want to pay them? <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> that's like the million dollar question, right? So the first of all, I can't assure anybody's going to have that happen. I mean, there's like a lot of things that go into that. But I think where you're going is, you know, how can you have the confidence to stand in your business and say, this is what I'm worth and I'm not willing to take anything less? So the first answer is you just have to do it. Like you just need 30 seconds of insane bravery and it's probably going to scare the poop out of you, but you got to put on your big girl panties and just do it. Because I love my dad. He's an entrepreneur. And he said this to me and I didn't get it for the longest time, but I was bitching about my business in the beginning because it was, it was making money, but it wasn't really making money. Like we were just basically covering expenses. And he goes, kid, the thing about entrepreneurship is you're either drowning in debt or you're drowning in clients and there is no in between. And I was like, whatever, (laughs) that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. But it's totally true. It's totally true. And so if you set the expectation that, you know what, in the beginning, it's going to suck. You're going to do all the jobs that nobody wants to do because you're the marketing specialist, you're the scheduler, you're the, like you're doing everything and you're like, this sucks. I cannot believe I left corporate America to work 20 times harder than I ever was doing before and I make like five cents. So so the first thing I say to people when they ask me like, hey, you're a successful entrepreneur, you have multiple companies, like how do you do it? Do you have any advice? My first advice is manage your expectations. This is not going to be something where you go on like 50 trips a year and you work five hours and you make a million dollars. Like sure, that can happen, but that's not going to happen in your first five minutes in business. <laughs> no. <Nope. So, sighs> So the way to to really like mitigate the potential of saying no and not having money come in is you need to have, especially in the beginning, you need to have some sort of safety net. So most of the time, what I recommend to people who are just starting out is don't quit your day job until your business is paying your bills. And I mean, paying your bills and putting money aside and it's not doing it for one month. It's doing it for six months. And like, that sucks and nobody wants to do that. But like, if you just jump out of the plane with no parachute, you're going to be so stressed that you're going to pick the shitty clients. You're going to, you're just going to like not give your business the best chance it can have. So whether that's, you know, you have $12,000 worth of savings and that's fine, or you work part-time and part-time or you work full-time and part-time, like you have to put yourself in a position where 
you don't fully need the money. Like everybody needs the money, but don't put yourself in a desperate situation because that's what's going to hurt your business. I feel like I just learned this lesson all over again, but not necessarily in the business sense. I haven't even told Emily, but we found a piece of land and I got really excited because we want to buy a mm-hmm. piece of land and build our dream house and all this stuff. And this piece of land is like a quarter of the cost that all the other land has been that we've been looking at. And so like, we both got really jazzed. Like we called our realtor, we called the mortgage person, we got all pumped up like this is it. This is where we're going to be. We're going to build a house here. And then like, we like got this major reality check when the mortgage lender was like, well, like construction, like throwing all this jargon at us, obviously. And we came to realize that, okay, we could buy the land, we could build a house, but based on loans and based on liquid assets, you're just not going to be able to build the house you want right now. And unfortunately, the law prevents you from just buying land with no purpose. And <laughs> like it's Darn the same it. situation where like you have all the drive in the world and you're ready to deep dive into whatever this next step in your life is, whether it's going full time in your creative business or building your dream house or sending your kids to private school or going on that master vacation that you've been dreaming of for years. Like whatever that is to you, sometimes you need someone to tell you, nope. You got to wait a little bit longer. So if this is us like ringing that bell or telling you to really think it through, Mm -hmm. like sometimes it sucks and you're like, okay, I'm just going to save a little bit more. I'm going to work a little bit harder. I'm going to do what I need to do so that that thing you really want, it's still going to happen. It just may take a little more time. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's that's so important because what was the quote? It was basically something along the lines of we underestimate the amount of time it's going to take and we overestimate the amount of money that we're going to make. <laughs> so people are like, I'm going to start a business and in six months, I'm going to be a multimillionaire. In traditional business, that's really hard to do. You could do things like that and you know, direct sales and things that don't require all of the infrastructure of a business. But like you have to, I think, have a mentor. Like you need somebody that's been there, done that, where you can be like, so am I losing my mind? Is this normal? Should I be on these really awesome highs and then really low lows? Because that's what happens. Spoiler alert, yes. Spoiler alert, yes. Um, Exactly. So like you need a mentor, but you also need a plan. Like you can't just throw things against the wall and hope that they stick. Like I would say one of the main reasons people come to me is because I see all of these moving pieces and all these problems in a business. And then I can take and put them into a cohesive plan and strategy to help them get there. But a lot of times when you're starting, you don't know what that's supposed to look like because you don't know what your business really looks like. But you have to still have a rough roadmap, kind of like when you're bowling or learning to bowl, you have those gutter guards. It's kind of like the same thing. Like it's going to change, but you have to at least have a little bit of an idea of where you're going and what you're doing. Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com slash jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com slash jumpstart. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. With over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. 
With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. Well, I think people still forget, like, the internet is still new and making money how we make money these days, especially a lot of our audience, if their entire shop is online, all of their products are fulfilled by someone else and shipped online, or however, you know, so many different relationships are being built online that turn into customers and clients, like, all of that is still relatively new. We do not have decades and decades of history of data to pull from what are the typical like projections for a business of your industry in in your size in your area because the internet is constantly growing and changing and so i think people expect that like they want to start their business and they're like okay what are my numbers like what am i looking at in the first year and it so varies obviously based off what you're offering and what you're doing but it really varies on how hard you are going to work to make it happen not how much time you have not how many resources you have, not how much money you have, but how hard are you going to work in order to make it happen? Yeah, exactly. And it's it's like I see people who are so, so strategic with their days that they can get more done in one hour than some people can do in eight hours. Oh, yeah. So like I don't ever believe the adage of like, I'm so busy. I don't know how I'm going to make this work. Like you just make it work. Like you don't watch Game of Thrones. <laughs> like You just go work on your business. Like I catch up on TV. Like I don't watch a single program unless I'm doing something else. Like whether it's returning emails, whether it's writing a blog post. And granted, it's mostly just for sound because you can't actually multitask. So my background's in neuroscience, but you can't actually multitask. Like brain is like physically cannot do that unless it's using two separate parts of your brain, which is why you can drive and eat at the same time. (laughs) But (laughs) like you just can't. So you have to focus on something, get it done and then move on, which is why I'm such a big fan of the Pomodoro technique. You know, 25 minutes, 45 minutes where you're fully focused on something is going to be life changing rather than, you know, three hours of trying to get one project done when you're really doing like... (laughs) A really long time ago, you start thinking about what what am I going to do with my career? What are the kind of clients I'm going to have? What are all these things I'm going to accomplish? And someone recently said, and I'm sure it's been said by a million people, but you drastically overestimate what you can accomplish in a year and you drastically underestimate what you can accomplish in a lifetime. And that really struck me because I started thinking about my career, even as it is right now. I mean, five years in corporate three years in running my own online business, growing multiple businesses, the whole thing. And like even the specific things, like if you were to write a resume, which at this point I don't have and I do not keep up to date. But if I were to do that, the things it would say like are impressive. And like I've done some really cool stuff and I'm really proud of it. 
And as a college freshman, I would have looked at what I've done today and said, hell no, before she's 30, is she accomplishing that? But if you can stop being so hard on yourself and expect all these things from yourself, like give yourself, like time is a gift. Like it, you have a whole lifetime to accomplish things. And I know we are all in a hurry. Like I realize that we all I am sure most of the people in this room wrote the like five year, this is what I'm going to accomplish when you were a senior in high school. And I was like, I'm going to go to grad school and blah, 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 and make $100,000 and all this shit that's totally unrealistic. And at the end of the day, like, you have so much to do and so much to be and I'm just excited for you. So I, that was a little tangent, but <laughs> turned into a mini motivational speech. Mini Bye-bye. motivational. Yes, <laughs> totally. And I think that that is true. And I'm actually going to pull up something to share with you guys. So back to clients. So I used to do the five-year plan too. And now I do like the 90-day plan because let's be honest, nothing on my five-year plan It all came true. Like you guys may not know this, but my background is actually in the medical field. I was going to be a pediatrician. I worked in pediatric neurology. Like that was my plan. And then I like, you know, was going to have matching Labradors and Land Rovers and be happily married by the time I was 30. So like none of that happened. It's fine. But like, oh my God. So five years from now, especially with how fast technology is changing, is like a moving target. And I think when you start setting goals that far out, it's actually detrimental because you're like, oh my God, I'm not on track when there's so many variables you can't account for. And so how that relates to clients is like I, after every client that I don't put on retainer, because there are some, I mean, obviously my goal as a consultant is to get fired, like the good fired. Like you don't need me anymore because we've accomplished our goal. High five, go on with your bad self. Now, some people want more hand-holding, which is fine, and they go on retainer, and I love them, and it's great. But for the people that don't, I always do a SWOT analysis. And I actually do a SWOT analysis with my business at the end of every year across all platforms. So on my website, my services, my clients, myself, my business, all of that. So for those of you that don't know what a SWOT analysis is, you go through successes, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. And so with every client that doesn't go on, I look and see, was there something in there that maybe was a threat or a weakness, or maybe they were perfect and we were just done. That's fine too. But I always send out a post-project survey because I can learn so much from, from my past clients. So they don't come on with a survey more than just I ask them basic questions to establish a baseline. But at the end of the project, You know, I asked them about rating the quality of service, what they thought about the length, the value of work compared to the cost, how satisfied were they, what aspects they liked most about working with me, any places that they felt I might have missed the mark. And then this is a very important one. Would you recommend me and Golden Key Partnership to your friends, colleagues, or businesses? Most of the time they say yes. Only two people. Of course, the two I have talked about said no, <laughs> but turd, I know totally. But like, if they don't, if they wouldn't, like, I would want to know that. And obviously, this is anonymous, but I almost learn more from the critiques than I do from the like glowing recommendations where they're kind of like blowing sunshine at my butt. Like, I love that, but and I'm very happy that they do that. But sometimes when people are like, "Yo, I that really sucked that I didn't have X, Y, Z." then I know. And so, you know, back to not making the same mistake, I think you have to really figure out who your person is. I see this a lot with my clients where they're like, well, I want to work with everybody. And I'm like, well, that's stupid because you're going to work with nobody. Like if you want to work with everybody, you're going to end up working with nobody. And so I asked them, you know, who's your unicorn? And I know that's like a very overused term, but Like on your perfect day, like in your business where everything's going great, what is your perfect client look like? How do they communicate? What do they do? What's their business like? Whatever you do in your business, whether you're a photographer, painter, whatever, you have somebody who is perfect that you have in your mind. Chances are it's probably kind of close to who who you are. But (laughs) if you can get crystal clear on that, what happens 
is those unicorns get attracted to what you're offering. And then the people who are slightly, you know, maybe one or two caliber below still get attracted. But if you aim for below, then your unicorns are never going to resonate with your message because it's not for them. So if you get really clear on who you're looking for, then you can better say, ah, you're not a good fit. Like I know that you need a certain amount in your bottom line. Otherwise, you can't afford me. And that's just God's honest truth. Like if you're making $20,000 a year, not a fit. Basically, I'm going to bankrupt you when you hire me, (laughs) not because I want to, but because those are my fees. So you have to get clear on that. You have to be able to follow your gut and say, you know, this really isn't feeling good. And then if you do have a client that's going sideways, the first thing, and I actually put this in all of my contracts where it says, I'm paraphrasing, but like essentially the success of this project is heavily dependent on how you show up and implement the strategy that I'm giving you. If something is awry, or I don't think I say awry, but if something is off, (laughs) I ask for immediate and upfront communication so we can fix it. And I think setting that expectation of like, hey, we're not always going to be on the same page because try as I may, I still can't read minds. So if you're like, what the hell? Why is she not getting this? I need to know that because otherwise I'm going to think that everything's fine. So setting that expectation and if something has gone off the rails to say, hey, pause. I feel like we're not on the same page. I feel like you're frustrated. What can we do to move past this? Like that's how I've gotten most everybody to completion. And then if it really, really does go off the rails, look for a win-win for everybody because nobody wants to admit that they weren't a fit or that they failed. And a lot of times it's about them more than it's about you. And so find a way that you can win and not like lose everything, but also that they can kind of gracefully exit would be my advice. Yeah. Well, and we do this in the online product world as well. So we don't work with one-on-one with clients anymore, but we have a survey very similar to that at the end of every single program we sell. And of course, there's lots of, you know, rainbows and unicorns and butterflies that get told about the things because they're amazing programs. But then there are pe- like then there are people who are like, well, as per the sales page, I thought I was going to get this and I didn't. And so that literally tells us like, okay, people are reading into that a little bit differently, or maybe that's a great idea to offer. And so that gives you a really good handle on how are you presenting it to people and how is it being perceived? It might not be that everyone did everything wrong, but people just understand things differently. And then we ask people like it's straight up on our sales page for every single program, but especially our signature program, like this will not work unless you do. Like if you're not going to come to the calls, if you're not going to watch the videos, if you're not going to do the homework, like don't come crying to us in three months when your business isn't even better. Like you have to put in the time and effort for this. And so I think some people are really, really scared at, at saying those things. Like, here's who this package isn't right for. Here's who this program isn't right for. Like calling that out, especially on the sales page or inside the pitch seems scary sometimes, but you are weeding out the people who are not going to do the work and they're not going to get the results either way. So both of you are going to be happier by passing on that opportunity. For sure. For sure. And I mean, I recommend that to just about every client that I have that has some sort of online course or something, because essentially what you're doing is you're having first, second, third date proposal and marriage all on one page. Like you don't get to have a conversation unless it's like an initial sales page book for a consultation. But like you have to sell yourself and everybody asks, no matter what they're doing, they ask themselves, what's in it for me? And is it worth the exchange in time and money? So they may not have a problem with the money, But at the end of the day, they're still spending time on something. And it's time that they might be spending on something else. So they're really saying, is it worth it? And so I think that that's the biggest thing is you have to build that trust in the beginning. And I can tell you, one of my mentors, God love her, I was complaining about my business, how it was flatlining. So we were fine, but I was like, it's not really growing. And she goes... I don't think you have a lead problem. I think you have a conversion problem. And I was like, oh my God, light bulb. And like, that's when I started taking my own advice. How funny is that? Where I was like, this is why people hire me. This is why people don't. Like, this is what I do. This is what you're going to get. And it really, it just, it brings like the clarity and everybody knows that you buy from people you know, like, and trust. So it 
basically hit all those tick marks and it helped establish better expectations. Because like I say, you know, I don't get hired because this isn't a magic bullet. I can give you all the best things in the world, but if you don't do it, like it's not going to work. I'm also, you know, YouTube and Google, high five, great stuff out there. I can do it in five minutes. So if you want to spend five hours doing it, that's fine. But like, probably not a great fit. So I think that it just, it really, especially for women, you have to get so steadfast in what your business represents, who your customers are, your value proposition, and your prices. And I can tell you right now to probably, I'm going to say 90% of the audience listening, your prices are too low. Like every single client that I have, like it's funny, they'll be like, so I'm going to sell this for $37. And I'll be like, and you're going to sell it for $97. Or like <laughs> your package is $1,200. And I'm like, and your package is $2,400. And you're going to work with half the people. <laughs> like you just, it's never about the price. Like if your car alternator goes out and it costs two grand, you're going to find the $2,000. Like You're just going to have to do it. So it's never about the price. It's always about the value that you give them and how much they trust you to deliver on what they need. And so if you're not making ends meet and you're working really hard, chances are your prices are way too low. So true. Oh, man. 100%. We could talk about (laughs) pricing all day. So (laughs) I'm curious, now that you're like, you've done all this front work to make sure that only the right people get in the door and you're setting all this up, okay, what happens if someone does get in the door? Perhaps those two examples that you had. What if you have to fire someone? What words do you say? How do you approach them? What's a nice way of leaving it so you don't burn bridges? Oh, yeah. So (laughs) obviously my first try is not to fire them. Like I try and as best I can get us to a better place so we can complete the contract. Like I said, I've only had one contract that did not go to completion. But if they do get in the door and I'm just like, oh my God, this is really not going well. The conversation goes a little something like this, you know, let's try and get on the same page. And then if that, if they're really not receptive, because you know, those people that just, it's like a light switch went on and they went from being an okay client to like, I don't know, bridezilla as a client, you're just like, this is not working. So then you can have a conversation of, you know, we came into this with these expectations. Here's, you know, the part that I've done. Here's the part that I feel like we're not connecting on. You know, do you feel that this is something that we can work through or would you rather we part ways? Because this is how I see it. And I lay it out for them. If we part ways, You're not getting the money that you paid for because I've already put my time in. So you're going to forfeit any money that's already been up front. And my contracts basically say that as well because it's consulting. Again, not everybody's going to love what I have to say. They're also not going to do what I have to do. But it doesn't mean that my experience and expertise was devalued. So I think it's a little different for me than it would be for, for somebody in maybe a different creative service. But, you know, everybody's got skin in the game. So, you know, I lay it out like, here's what we can do to complete this project versus here's what we can do to part ways. And with the one that we parted ways, it was basically like, you know, I was very much wanting to work through it. And she was very clear that she did not. And even though I had gotten to the point where I didn't want to read her emails and hated working with her, I really just was like, we're so close. You just need to do these two things. And so at that point, it was like, okay, this is obviously not working. I'm very sorry that you've shared these very hurtful things with me. Like, I appreciate your feedback, like trying to be as gracious as possible. And then I send them a very long, which I had to create not that long ago. I didn't have this before. A very long, basically, agreement, severance agreement, where it says, here's the dispute, whatever. Here's what's going to happen. And then I put in there a non-defamation clause where they cannot online, offline, publicly, privately, in any way, shape, or form, talk about me or my company in a way that to the listener might be viewed as negative or derogatory. And I, in turn, do the same for her. So it's very much like, okay, we agree to disagree that this is not working, but we're going to be grown adults (laughs) and move forward and not go trash everybody's reputation. Because I think that's super important to have. Yes. 
super important. And I, I, you know, I didn't know that until my attorney was like, me probably need to put this in there. But I think that's the hard thing with business in general is everybody has a different perspective on how things are going to go. And most of the time that's aligned, but sometimes it's not. And no matter how hard you try, you're not going to get on the same page. So having that non-defamation in there, just make sure that things don't get misconstrued to put either person in a bad situation. Yeah, absolutely. So I think let's head into talk strategy to me. And I would love, you can recap, or if you feel like you've missed any points that you think would be helpful for people making sure they're hiring A clients. Mm -hmm. A plus clients. A plus clients. (laughs) I mean, really, it boils down to just getting so crystal clear on who you want to work with. Because like I said, I think it's it's really easy, especially when you're starting out or in the first few years of your business to think that you need to work with everyone. But when you narrow it down, it actually is less work for you and less work for them. And you'll see uh, much higher conversion rates because you know you're ticking these boxes and you're like, yep, this is a go or yep, this is not. Like sometimes I have consultations where they don't even get to a consultation because I'm like, nope, not a fit. Like, this is hilarious, but I will say this because it happens all the time. What is the quote? It's like, oh, poor planning on your part does not dictate an emergency on my part. I had, so I took two weeks off, off. (laughs) If you can see me doing air quotes for like around the Christmas holiday. And I actually did unplug, but you know, when you're with family, sometimes you're not really off. You're just kind of like doing whatever. So different job. Exactly. Different job. So you had I had two emails like literally the day before I went on break that were like, I want to hire somebody to help with a launch for like January 1st. And I was like, what are you out of your ever loving mind? Like, hey, it's December. I don't even know what it was. It was probably like December, we'll say 20th. I was like, Atlanta. So, like, you have a week and a half and you want to do a launch? Are you kidding? You should be planning those. And there's two holidays in between there? Yeah, like six to eight weeks out, people, six to eight weeks out. And, like, the green version of me, so the person that, you know, was in the startup mode would have been like, yes, I'm totally going (laughs) to not go home. I'm just not going to see my family because I want to help you. But when you have situations where you already start in an emergent way, Like everyone's stressed and nobody's going to be happy because they're going to say you didn't deliver and you're going to say, well, you didn't give me enough time. And it's just going to be this like really horrifically stressful situation. So like I'm blessed to be in kind of a wait list right now. I mean, everybody's pretty much off the wait list for this year now. But like when you say, okay, well, I can't get started tomorrow, but I can get started next week. Like you set the expectation that even though you're their person, you're not their on-call person. And I think that's the hardest thing for especially people who work from home or have online businesses. Like you can't be 24-7, 365. And so I put in my contracts, hey, I'm available Monday through Friday during business hours. Anything outside of those hours will be returned on the business day. Sometimes, yes, I do send emails at off times, but it's it's the exception, not the rule. And I remember, oh my God, you guys are going to crack up at this. My bad client from like earlier this year. So I was going through the shift of not working 24-7. And I remember so vividly her telling me, that I used to be available all the time. And because I started working normal hours that she was losing trust in, in our relationship wow. because I wasn't available all the time. And like, wow. that's a perfect example of setting really bad expectations. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. Don't, don't do what I did and respond to her email at 11 o'clock at night because you could. Well, and <laughs> you can't then turn around and get mad at someone for them doing something you allowed to have happened. Exactly. Like if you haven't set those boundaries or like gone really clearly over them, then they're going to push them. That's like the definition of what clients do. <laughs> for sure. For sure. So now, you know, I basically give them an inch And then if we need to add more stuff, like they need another call or they need whatever, then we can add it. But it's 
far more difficult to attract things. So, so I would say, you know, set those boundaries. Like nobody wants to be around a mom or wife or whatever. That's just like, Oh, I just got to check this email because it's setting that expectation that you're going to be available all the time. And I can tell you that doesn't work for anyone because then they're going to run you ragged. You have no boundaries. They're probably not paying you for the time that they're bugging you anyway. And so, you know, have enough gumption to say, here are my hours. Here are my expectations. When I'm off the clock, I'm off the clock because guess what? I have a life to live. Exactly. Well, and if you're writing that email, because maybe that is the only time you have, use Boomerang. So it sends the next morning. So it looks like it's being sent during your regular office hours. Because sometimes, trust me, as a mom, like you might only have that time while you're pooping to write that email (laughs) back to that client, but set it to send the next day. Totally, totally. I use HubSpot for that very same reason as it has the schedule button. But like, just be smart. Think about how you're setting those expectations and perceptions so that you can make sure that you're setting yourself up and your client up for success. I love it. Well, thank you so much. How about you tell everyone where they can hang out with you online? So they can hang out with me online at goldenkeypartnership.com. I do have a YouTube page, which I should probably start posting on more often. Uh, We have a Facebook page and yeah, but happy to have any questions or follow-ups. You can shoot me an email at lauren at goldenkeypartnership.com. But thanks for having me. Thank you so much, Lauren. All right. Have a great day. You too. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor. To get podcast updates and all the behind-the-scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details really love this show, it would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show, but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.